0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. As more and more states legalize marijuana... Some medical experts have a warning for parents of teenagers. Studies have shown that use of the drug by adolescents can have an adverse effect on brain development.
1: It is addictive. And we also know that the younger an adolescent is when they start using marijuana, the more likely they will be to become regular, heavier, and develop an addiction.
0: Then... A recent study shows that female athletes have a higher risk of concussions than men. Women tended to experience concussion in about the same way as men did. Even though women may be more likely to have a concussion in our study, it may not be that it's so different, after all, when it is experienced. Those two interviews and more are straight ahead on this week's show. Stay tuned. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Dozens of states have now approved the use of marijuana for either medical or recreational use or both. But some medical doctors are concerned about use of the drug by teenagers, and parents of teens should listen up. With this story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Roy?
2: Thanks, Chris. We're talking with Dr. Cheryl Ryan. She's a professor of pediatrics specializing in adolescent medicine at Yale Medical School and chairperson of the American Academy of Pediatrics Committee on Substance Abuse and Prevention. And they recently issued a report titled Counseling Parents and Teens About Marijuana Use in the Era of Legalization of Marijuana. This has been an important issue for teens and parents for a very long time, but you believe it's become an even larger issue today. Tell us why.
1: Well, I think with the recent laws that have been legalizing both recreational use as well as medicinal use of marijuana, the whole topic of conversation is much more prominent now. We're hearing more about it. There are more programs on television. Young people are hearing more about advertising, particularly in those states that have legalized marijuana, and I think it's just brought the whole conversation to the forefront where, Before, it's not like teens were not using marijuana, but it just wasn't part of the public discourse like it is today.
2: And certainly the legalization of the recreational use of marijuana has made the conversation between teens and parents maybe a little bit awkward because teens will look at it as though, well, the government has kind of issued a stamp of approval on this. How do you make that less awkward?
1: It is awkward because a young person may come to a parent and say, I don't know why you're objecting to this. It has to be okay. It's being legalized. It's being legalized for recreational use in adults. It's being legalized for medical use. So what's the big issue? It's got to be safe, right? We wouldn't be legalizing it if it weren't safe. That creates a dilemma for parents on how to start the conversation when we know it's being legalized.
2: And I think probably adults and teenagers alike generally have the attitude that, well, marijuana is fairly harmless.
1: Absolutely. And there actually is data today showing that over time, teenagers have begun to think of marijuana use as being less risky than teens did in previous decades, even a few years ago. So there is this perception that it's benign, that it's safe, and that in some cases, some teenagers feel that it's got to be safer than something like tobacco, cigarettes, or alcohol.
2: Can you talk for a moment about the health effects and the health concerns for teenagers, particularly their brains are still developing at that age, right?
1: Correct. We now know the science is really accumulating a lot more information about short-term effects of marijuana, but also about some of the long-term effects. Now, the short-term effects beyond the euphoria and the intoxication that a teenager is choosing, desiring by using the marijuana, we know in the short term, They are going to experience things such as poor motor coordination, which may have an effect on their ability to drive. They will experience changes in perception of time, altered perception in general. There are effects on attention and also effects, short-term effects on their ability to learn and develop memory. You mentioned brain development. We do know that adolescents' brains are developing during adolescence and continue to develop almost into the mid-20s. And the areas of the part of the brain that are maturing during this time are those areas that are most involved with executive functioning, cognition, impulse control, memory. And Studies have shown that those areas of the brain seem to be most affected by regular and heavy use of marijuana. So there's concern about, are these effects going to be long-lasting? There are also some long-term effects that have been shown in adults who have been heavy and regular marijuana users. Those are things like higher rates of psychotic disorders and mental health disorders such as depression and anxiety. And there have been a couple of studies, although they're somewhat controversial, about reduced IQ scores among adults who've been very heavy marijuana users as adolescents. So these are areas of real concern about both short- and long-term effects.
2: Many people believe that marijuana is not addictive. Is that true or false?
1: Absolutely false. And I think it's also a myth because I have so many adolescents tell me, oh, I can go cold turkey at any time. It's not addictive. But we do know that it is addictive. And we also know that the younger an adolescent is when they start using marijuana, the more likely they will be to become regular, heavier, and develop an addiction to marijuana. And the addiction is the kind of thing that when an adolescent tries to cut back or stops use, They have real physical withdrawal symptoms. The most common one is they feel like they're coming down with the flu. So there really is a physical dependence that can develop. And this is something that a lot of our young people just don't know about.
2: Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Cheryl Ryan from Yale Medical School. She's also chairperson of the American Academy of Pediatrics Committee on Substance Use and Prevention. And we're discussing a report that she co-authored titled Counseling Parents and Teens About Marijuana Use in the Era of Legalization of Marijuana. Dr. Ryan, having a talk with kids may feel a bit awkward and hypocritical for many parents because, well, they use marijuana in their youth and maybe still do today. So what are parents supposed to say to their kids if that's the case?
1: Well, I think that sometimes is why parents may be reluctant to let their kids know they do not want them to smoke marijuana. It's almost like, how can I tell my kid not to smoke when I smoked in college? So I don't think as a pediatrician you have to feel like you have to share all your experiences as a young person or that your experiences may not have you feeling that Perhaps this isn't something you want your own adolescent or young adult to do. But I think one of the things that may be helpful in those conversations, other than to ask the young person, well, you know, why do you want to use it? What do you feel like it's going to do for you? And developing a dialogue. I think an important point that parents can make is that the marijuana of their generation, even the marijuana of the 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, is not the marijuana of today. The potency of THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, which is the psychoactive substance in marijuana, the potency of that back in the 70s and 80s was about 4% of the marijuana that basically people got a hold of and were smoking. Today, with hybridization and growing, the marijuana that's now available is incredibly much more potent, some estimates of 12 to 20% of THC. So the marijuana that our young people are getting today has much higher likelihood of causing toxic effects or the long-term effects that we're worried about. And in some newer ways that teens are using marijuana, such as with extracts of oils and with dabbing, the concentration that they're getting may even be higher than that 20%. So that might be something parents can say, which is, you know, the marijuana I used is not the marijuana of today.
2: We've touched on some myths about marijuana during this conversation. What is the biggest misconception about marijuana and teenagers?
1: I think probably the biggest misconception is that they feel that it is benign. And that when people start to talk about the effects, there's sort of a sense of, you're just against this. This is just an emotional argument. You think there's something wrong with it. You don't want me to do it. And I think That working with adolescents to recognize that this is not a benign substance and that we have science to support that and it's not this emotional argument sort of like the reefer madness arguments of the 1950s I think that is one way to tackle this myth that many of our young people and our young adults also believe
2: and what age do you think parents need to start having this conversation with their kids
1: I think that depends a lot on the developmental age of that young person. This may be something for some 11 and 12 year olds, it may be a little premature, but we know that kids start smoking earlier than their parents think they would, or they have access to drugs in much younger ages than parents in general think their kids have access to. I think middle school is the time to start. Even if it's just to have conversations about your values, conversations about the importance of enjoying life without having to be intoxicated through substances, because we know that young people will start as early as 11, 12, and 13 years. And as I mentioned, the earlier someone starts smoking, the more likely they will progress to heavy regular use and become addicted.
2: Are there any online resources that you recommend?
1: AAP.org. There's also one called HealthyChildren.org as well.
2: Dr. Cheryl Ryan from Yale Medical School and the American Academy of Pediatrics. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you so much. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey.
0: Next, female sports athletes face a higher risk of getting a concussion than men. That story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.